morning, guys. We're going to get started here, uh, so we'll pray and, um, and see what God wants to do. Jesus, I pray uh, this morning, uh, in the midst of the heat and the smoke and everything, um, today we're, we're going to be talking about celebration. And so, um, God, we, we know that your goodness, uh, the joy that you give, uh, goes beyond our circumstances. And so, uh, Lord, I just pray today that uh, we could kind of set those distractions aside um, and remember how good you are to us. Uh, we invite your presence, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stand if you want to. Don't have to.
slate for um, new days each day. And I just pray that we, we walk in that, we believe it, we remember it, that uh, what you've done. God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, guys. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate it. Um, we got a few different things kind of on the the docket this morning, so I'm going to get my computer up here, and we're going to get rolling. This uh, weather makes me remind, my, reminds me of when my wife and I, I think it was our 10th anniversary, we went to New Orleans, or as they refer to it, Nolan's. Um, we went down there and uh, it was, oh sure, make me sign in. Um, give me just a minute, guys. I can't talk and do this at the same time. Let's see if I remember the password. Ha! Sweet. <laughs> I remembered the password. Um, so we were down in New Orleans for our anniversary, and like it was like this. It was moist and hot, and nobody likes that word moist unless you're talking about something you're baking, right? It's just not, it's not good. Um, but it was like this kind of, you could like feel the air. That's how I feel like, you can kind of feel the air. Um, so thank you guys for coming to church. Remember, in the entrance, in this main entrance here, um, there's a cooler in there. There are nice cold drinks in there for you. We appreciate you coming, so, so we have those in there. Um, I'm going to do a couple of announcements. Just as kind of a reminder, we've got um, women's ministry groups kicking off. We've got an alpha group kicking off. There's going to be some book studies. 
uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff coming for you this, this fall. And uh, one other thing we're gonna institute is we're gonna kind of have a, um, a social time before service where we have um, coffee and some drinks and fruit and donuts and stuff like that about 20 minutes before service and just come early, hang out, chat with your friends, enjoy some fellowship, get to know each other a little bit better. We just thought, you know, why not have a little space each Sunday other than just a little five minute shake somebody's hand to actually get to hang out. Um, Cause we have some really cool people in our church who I love a whole lot. And so like, I, I don't know about you guys, I want more time to hang out with them. And so we thought, well, why don't we just like have some, have some little snacks and have some hangout time together. Tomorrow, tomorrow we are going to be going to Slidewaters as a church. Right now we've got about 40 some people who are planning on going that have signed up to go. Um, so there's gonna be a nice big group of us. It's gonna be a little bit crazy and a little bit fun, uh, which is kind of the best type of fun is the crazy fun. Um, so we're gonna be meeting at the Target parking lot, which is right over here, this Target over here, um, at 7.15. By 7.30, our wheels will be on the freeway, okay? So if you're after 7.30, we'll see you there. That's my intention. So come gassed up, come fueled up, ready to go. Um, we're gonna be collecting $20 per person who's going. That's the cost for the entrance. That's actually the discounted cost. Cause then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna use the church card, collect all the monies, use the church card so we can pay as a group and get that group discount. Cause I think otherwise it's like $35 a person, 30 and we all have to be together. Got it. So if you miss the boat and you come later, um, you'll, you might not like be able to get in with us unless you speed. And I don't want to encourage anyone to do anything illegal. Um, so just know that we're gonna be paying as a group so that way we can get that $20 per person instead of the $35 per person. So 715, Target parking lot, tomorrow morning, we'll see you there. There are some changes happening for some of us. We are going to be praying for um, some of our young people who are going off to college, some who are uh, moving from elementary school up into our middle school and youth program, um, students who are going back to school, um, teachers who might be going back to school. So here's what we're gonna do. This might be a little bit fun and a little bit crazy. I want anybody who like you're coming into this transition time where you're you're moving up a grade or you're moving on um, to come forward up here so come up to me come up to me come this way keep coming I like your glasses yeah those are cool keep coming any of you who'd like to. We're just gonna pray for you guys and we're gonna bless you guys. That, that's all we're gonna do. It's, it's gonna be really simple. I promise I won't bite anybody unless they ask me to. Um, so if you're, if you're moving up a grade, if you're moving, is that because I said the biting thing? Yeah. Okay. You're probably wise. Um, we're just gonna pray and bless you guys. So here's what I would like to do. I would like for anybody who feels, who's willing to come on up and join me 
and we're going to lay hands on these guys, and we're going to pray for them. And we're going to ask God to bless them. So come, come my prayers. Come my blessers. Find somebody. Make sure each person has somebody praying for them. Keep on coming. We're going to wait for everybody. I'm going to kind of get out of the way a little bit. Yeah. Concerned. You're good. You can pray. Anybody can pray. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just... Um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord God, I speak a blessing over each one of these young people. Lord, I speak a blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, um, I think of where in Psalms it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. So Lord, I speak that peace over each and every one of these people going through transition, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you be with them, that you guide them, that you direct them, that they remember you, God, as they're in the midst of, of challenging times, Lord Jesus, as anytime we're in the midst of change, Lord, sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable. But God, you are the God of change, and you are the God of transformation, and you are the God of making all things new. And so, Lord, you, as part of your nature to make us new and to make new circumstances and new places for us to go. So, Lord Jesus, I ask, would you just, um, by the presence of your Holy Spirit this morning, God, Lord, just fall on each one of these young people, Lord Jesus. Just be so near to them, Lord. Be so close to them. Holy Spirit, one of your names is our is our counselor and our companion. Lord, Scripture describes how you walk alongside us, that we're never alone. We're never truly alone, God, but that you're always with us. And you, Lord, you ask us to call out to you in times of trouble, Jesus. Lord, this is an exciting, amazing time, Lord God. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just be right in the middle of it, Jesus. That you would be right in the middle of them, God. Guiding, directing. Lord, just one more time, I speak your blessing over them, Jesus. Be blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Thank you, God. I just want you guys to know that you're, as you go, your church family, as you guys move up from elementary into middle school and you're walking those halls with those super giant kids, that God's with you, and Jesus is going to be nearby you, and as you're experiencing new things and finding new challenges, that, that you're not alone, and that our prayers are going with you and covering you and surrounding you. I just want you all to know just how much you're loved and cared for, and that anytime you need us, we're not going anywhere. We're here for you. We've got your back. Bless you.
middle schoolers, new middle schoolers and high schoolers, we're heading over to Dutch Brothers to celebrate. So let's go. And where's my friend Andy? There's my friend Andy. Andy, can you? Yes, you. Oh, and kids, you may be released back to Kids Church. If you want to wander back to Kids Church, you can head that way. Andy, I'm not leaving. I'm just grabbing something. doesn't know this is my friend Andy and I love her very much I'm also her um, in-house tech support anytime she needs it because I love her because <laughs> I love her um, Andy has been faithfully serving our church for decades I want to say <laughs> um, Andy has been our office connection she has been the face of our church as people first connect our church when they call, Andy's the one who responds. If they show up at the door, Andy's been the one who's been there to greet them. And she has just been a faithful, faithful servant of Jesus. And um, it's like when it comes to prayer, there's not a whole lot of people I would want in my corner more than Andy. She is fierce. I put in, I, I wrote a little a little note for her from us and um, as I was kind of praying and I was like kind of thinking about what to write um, the image that came to my head that in prayer you're a Valkyrie <laughs> so you're you're a Nordic female warrior <laughs> that she like you know she's got this big spear and this shield and she just kind of goes right at the enemy and and as far as a prayer warrior goes, like I said, Andy's the one I would want in my corner praying for me. And I know she's prayed for me a ton in the past. And so I'm personally deeply appreciative of that. And our church is deeply appreciative of you. And we just love you so much. Mwah. Thank you. <laughs> Bless you, Andy. And go ahead. trying hard to have us all connected and 
Got it. Okay, if I could have you kind of wander back to your spots, please, I would appreciate it.
Thank you all. So this morning's, yes? One more thing, what? I gotta say something. Okay, go ahead. Something that I didn't say anything about Debbie and Diane and Kevin and whatever, and that's what I wanted to bring up with that. Okay, Can you just as a thank you. Oh, okay. So Annie was just wanting to say that she really honors her um, biological and married into family as well, and those who have been helping her and supporting her through this process. And and kind of, yes, that's the best I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this morning we're going to be going back through Psalm 145, which is the first chapter in Psalms that I started with. And I want to explain why for a moment. Um, there is in a, lo a lot of theologians, um, Bible scholars suggest that when you approach a piece of scripture that you read it in different translations. Because each translation has a little bit of the, um, the tone and the insight that the person who originally translated it has. Um, a lot of people are just like, well, it says what it says. And that's not necessarily true because scriptures will differ from translation to translation in what they kind of focus on and what their aspect of it is, um, where their areas of emphasis are in how they translate the original Greek or Aramaic or Hebrew. And so what we're gonna do is when I first read Song, and we're going to be going through, um, whoops, that was too early. Um, we're going to be going back through Psalm 145. I was going to go to the slide where it talks about Psalm 145, but we're going to be going back through Psalm 145. When I originally read it, I read it in the New International Version, and today we're going to read it in the Passion Translation, and we're going to focus on different aspects. When I first read it, we kind of focused more on creation and the initial praise of David, and this morning we're going to focus more on the celebratory side of things. And in this chapter, as when you read most scripture, um, has anybody ever read a piece of scripture that you've read a thousand times and then somehow you read it and something brand new just like pops out at you? It's like God just, the Holy Spirit just enters in and just like opens up the piece of scripture. He opens up his word to us, and like there's just this, there's this new light on this thing that we've read a million times, right? And so we're going to read through Psalm 145 again in a little bit um, and kind of try and approach it with new eyes. And I'm going to pray before we start, and I'm just going to ask God, Lord, would you open this up and reveal this psalm to us in a way that you've never revealed it to us before? And, and Holy Spirit, would you, I'm just going to pray because I'm praying. Um, Holy Spirit, would you just enlighten us? Would you shine a light on God's word? And, and, and Jesus, um, what you are trying to communicate to us through the Psalms, Lord, I ask, would, just, would that bury itself deep in our hearts? Could we draw strength and encouragement and guidance from your word this morning, Lord God. Lord, I just, I pray that the, that the scripture would just glow. I pray that the word this morning would just, just land, Lord God, on soft hearts 
and that what you have to say of a, say to us this morning, Lord, is something that would stick, Jesus. And Lord, nothing of, of me, um, I, don't, I don't want anything of, of my, my in personal insight so much, Lord God, as I want for your Holy Spirit to permanently embed your word on our hearts and on our minds, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So St. Augustine once said that the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. Like all that we are, our entire being should be praise to God. Joy is at the heart of celebration. And that's what we're talking about this morning is celebrating and how to celebrate and the art of celebration. There's an actual art to having a good party. There's an art to celebrating. Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Sometimes joy is really hard to come by. Sometimes joy is really difficult, especially when we're facing hard circumstances. And yet, all throughout Scripture, it talks about how we can find strength in that place. So, some previous celebrations we've had here at the church. Um, you know, the most important benefit, I think, of celebration is that it saves us from taking ourselves too terribly seriously. Uh, you can see myself and my friend Sandy there in the one picture, and myself and my friends Jimmy, John, and David. I actually um, had a hairdresser friend. I, I sat wearing curlers for three hours so that I could have like a legit 70s, 60s perm. Um, some people come by it naturally, I don't, um, but it was really fun. And like, like God wants us as a church family to have fun together. Like we should have fun together. I, that's part of why I'm so looking forward to going to the water park tomorrow is we just get to hang out and be family and have fun. I mean, that's, that's part of being the family of God is enjoying each other's company and presence and encouraging each other. Celebration gives us perspective on ourselves, that we're not nearly as important as we often think we are. And celebration has this way of like bringing together people who are high and mighty with the weak and the broken. Like we can have a party together and it's cool and it's okay. I mean, who can really be like high or low at a celebration of God? Like when we're celebrating Jesus and we're enjoying the presence of God, it doesn't matter where you work or what your income level is or where you slept last night because we're all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what background you have, what your family looks like. All that matters is God and Jesus and that we get to celebrate him together. The rich and the poor, the powerful and the powerless, we all share together in the goodness of God. And there are a few better equalizers, in my opinion, than a good party. Like if you're having a really like legit throw down barbecue and you're hanging out and having some food together. I remember a couple different times um, when we would have a men's breakfast at the church and folks who maybe slept outside the church that night would wander in and we'd have breakfast together and I'd get to hear their stories maybe find a way to help them out a little bit. Like, it, it didn't matter 
that I go to a nine to five and I have a house and they didn't because we're family. If we're following Jesus together, if we're both acknowledging Jesus as Lord, brothers and sisters, race, politics, income, none of those things matter in the kingdom of God. It just doesn't matter. We're family. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And what better way to celebrate that than to actually, like, celebrate. <laughs> like, actually have fun together. Enjoy one another. So Psalm 145 in the Passion Translation. I'm going to read all of Psalm 145. We're just going to go straight through it. So buckle up. I'm going to get a quick drink of water here to lubricate the gears. Ooh. This is hot. My heart explodes with praise to you. Now and forever, my heart bows in worship to you, my King and my God. Every day, I will lift up my praise to your name with praises that will last throughout all eternity. I'm going to stop there a moment. Did you know your worship to God here now? this morning when we were lifting our praises and our worship to God, that that lasts forever? What you're doing is eternal when you're worshiping God. It doesn't go away. I can buy the sweetest, nicest, most hot Dodge Charger that's out there right now, and that thing will break down on me eventually. And at some point, oxidization will happen and it's going to turn to rust. Right, as you can write, hey, I like Fords, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> and Dodges. Uh, but, like, it's going to break down, right? But my praises to God, without end. It's eternal. When I say praise you, Jesus, you are my God and my Lord and my Savior. There's none greater than you. You are a good, good God who loves me and cares for me and adores me. And even if I don't cry out, the, your scripture says that the mountains, even the very rocks, will cry out praise to your name. What I just did will last throughout eternity. I, I like to think of it as, you know, have you ever, like, yelled in a canyon and the echo just kind of continues on? I feel like when we praise God, that it originates within our hearts, and that echo carries throughout all of eternity. Lord, you are great and worthy of the highest praise. For there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. One of the most beautiful things about God to me, at least, is he's not just math. He doesn't fit in a box. We can't just say, well, here's the totality of God, and once I know this about God, then I'm good and I can check the Christian box. There is no end to what we can discover about the depths of God. The mystery of God should create in us a great sense of awe. It should be like his vastness and all that he is and his beauty and his glory and his majesty, the depths of God, 
should be something that we can explore forever. If you want adventure, get to know Jesus. Because he's adventure without end. It says that there is no end to the discovery of the greatness of God. Your magnificent splendor and the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. Your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. I am telling people everywhere about your excellent greatness. The greatness and the goodness of God should drive us to want more people to know about it. If I found like the most beautiful, glorious diamond in the whole world, you think I would just hide it under my mattress? Like I would wanna show that off. If I got like the coolest new vans that ever existed, like, and they like, they like glowed and when people looked at them, it like, no matter where they're looking, their eyes were drawn to my amazing vans. I would wear those suckers. I want people to see my vans, because they're amazing. Why couldn't we do that with God? Why couldn't the attraction of God? I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that more people come to know Jesus and experience relationship with Jesus because he draws them. He pulls them in. It's not out of fear of some indescribable punishment that we don't even understand. Rather, it's the beauty and the glory and the majesty, the awe of God that draws us to him. I know for me, that's been true for me throughout my whole life. Our hearts bubble over as we celebrate the fame of your marvelous beauty, bringing bliss to our hearts. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. You're kind and tender-hearted to those who don't deserve it and very patient with people who fail you. Thank the Lord <laughs> for that last sentence, that he's kind and tender-hearted to those who don't deserve it and very patient for people who fail you because everybody in the room, raise your hand. I'm still waiting. You have failed God. At some point in your life, you have failed God. The only thing you can bring to salvation is your sin. That's all you have to bring to it. That's the only gift you bring to Jesus is your sin. We cannot save ourselves. Only Jesus was able to do that. And thank goodness that he's tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and patient with him, us. God Everyone sees your goodness, for your tender love is blended into everything you do. Everything you have made will praise you, fulfilling its purpose. And all of your godly ones will be found bowing before you. They will tell all the world of the lavish splendor of your kingdom and preach about your limitless power. They will demonstrate for all to see your miracles of might and reveal the glorious majesty of your kingdom. You are the Lord who reigns over your never-ending kingdom through all the ages of time and eternity. You are faithful to fulfill every promise that you've made. You manifest yourself as kindness in all you do. 
weak and feeble ones, you will sustain. Those bent over with burdens of shame, you will lift up. You have captured our attention, and the eyes of all look to you. You give what they hunger for just at the right time. When you open your generous hand, it's full of blessings, satisfying the longings of everything. You are fair and righteous in everything that you do, and your love is wrapped into all your works. So all of these descriptions of God, if God is truly all of the things that the psalmist is talking about him here, is he not worthy of our praise? Is he not worthy of celebrating? Is his tenderness, his kindness, his generousness, his love, is that not worth us giving up ourselves and instead placing him at the forefront of our mind and our worship and our celebration? God is so worthy of being celebrated. How can we not? All throughout scripture you, say, you see the people of God saying, Lord, how can I stop from praising you? How can I not praise you? How, is, is there any way that this doesn't just flow out of me and onto you, God? Because you're so, so good. Have you guys ever been around someone or known someone um, who they just, like, you knew that they loved you, like, down to your toes? I had a, um, my great-grandma, uh, her name was Matilda Geisy. She was an immigrant from Germany um, during the war. And, um, you know, not a lot of people are blessed to know their great-grandmother. Uh, and my parents both worked a lot when I was growing up, and so my grandma, my grandma Geisy, took care of me. And she was this tiny little thing. She was probably about this tall, kind of squat, um, really amazing cook. Um, and she, like, I, I knew she loved me. Like, there was, somebody could torture me and tell me to confess that my grandma Geisy didn't love me, and I would never have said it, even as a kid. Like, there is no amount of pain you could have inflicted on me for me to say that my grandma didn't love me. I knew the depths to which she loved me. And I would tell anybody about it. And, and you know, if, if I'm true confession, there were a lot of times when I was a kid when I wanted to be with my grandma more than my parents. Because, I don't know, she just, she loved me so well. I mean, like, there was nothing this woman wouldn't do for me. She would, like, make my favorite things just because. Which for, you know, a young boy, we eat a lot. Still eat a lot. But, like, then really, like, you know, could handle it. Um, like, she would just do my favorite things. I remember she would play with me. Here's, you know, here's the 70, you know, something woman. And I'm, I'm like, maybe seven and she would chase me around. 
playing with me. And, and like I said, I just, I never questioned her love and because it, it was so deep. And that's a, that's a human love, right? That's just my grandma. Not just, but I could never say just my grandma. But scripture tells us that God's love for us is so much deeper and so much more vast and so much greater than any human love. And so when you imagine the greatest love that you have in your life, the purest love that you have in your life, which for me was my grandma at that, you know, growing up. And I'm sure I'm glossing over some things with the eyes of a child, you know. <laughs> um, but I can't imagine God's love being even so much more greater than my grandma Geisy's was. But that's what scripture tells us. And so how, how can I not celebrate that kind of love for me? How could I not? How could I not tell other people about the beauty of that kind of love that is the love of God? Continuing on, the psalmist says, you draw near to those who call out to you, listening closely, especially when their hearts are true. Every godly one receives even more than they ask for. For you hear what their hearts really long for, and you bring them your saving strength. In other parts of Psalms, David describes the celebration of the people of God. He said they used timbrel and dance and trumpets and lutes and harps and strings and pipes and loud clashing cymbals. In celebration, we should celebrate. Like, it, it should be an actual celebration when we come before the throne of God. Because he's worthy of being celebrated, as we've been talking about this morning. And there's this funny thing about, about celebrating, and you guys might have seen it before with laughter, right? Like, when one person starts laughing, other people start laughing, and then more people start laughing. Like, um, my wife and my son and I um, would watch a show. Um, you might have heard of it before. It's called The Office. And we would watch The Office together. And, like, if Cormac started laughing, I couldn't help but start laughing. And usually Chris would start laughing. And, like, there's this social communal thing with us humans that when someone's having a good time, it tends to, like, bleed out. It tends to be shared. It tends to be something that, that we share with one another, even if it's not, like, intentional. And I would argue that our worship and our celebration does the same thing. And so if we can find a freedom in God to truly celebrate him without inhibition, without worrying about what other people might say. If you want to dance, dance. If you want to sing at the top of your lungs badly like I do, just do it. If you're going to clap, clap. Raise your hands. Bow down. Whatever it is God is, is moving you to do, whatever it is the Holy Spirit is, is put. I, I grew up country, rode a lot of horses, there's this term we always used called a burr under your saddle. If there's a burr under your saddle, in other words, that horse is really uncomfortable because there's something prickly up underneath the saddle. 
if you got a burr under your saddle to worship God in some way, I want you to know from the pastor person here, hey, um, do it. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. It's okay if you're a little weird. I am. Own it. Joy creates more joy. Laughter creates more laughter. Times of true celebration have an amazing potential to bring healing and to bring restoration and to make us more of a community. You know, all the times that I have celebrated with this church over the years, whether it's a potluck or a party or a gathering, even, even some funerals that break out into a party, we've had that happen before. Like, it's just some of my favorite times with you guys. Like, I, I love that stuff. And we need more of it. Um, in Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, he actually includes celebration as a spiritual discipline. Like, it's something that we should do as a spiritual act. Celebrating should be a spiritual act. It should be a spiritual discipline. Just as much as reading the word, or prayer, or meditating on, on scripture, on aspects of God, like all of these things. Fasting, celebration is a discipline. And I would argue that the church does a really bad job of it a lot of times. Like, we, we don't celebrate super well. And as you read scripture, like, they had a church, they had a calendar, a religious calendar. And as part of those calendars, they had celebrations. It's the feast of this. It's the feast of this. It's the celebration of this. It's the year of Jubilee. It's like they had that baked into their society as a whole to celebrate together. And we've lost that. And I'm, I don't know about you guys. I want to find a way to find that again. Like I want to, like we need to have that celebration baked into part of who we are as followers of God. Um, can I get the worship team to come up? So what we're going to do is we're going to go back into an extended time of worship. I know it's hot. I'm up here sweating like a dog. Ignore it. Enjoy the Lord your strength and your AC. So just make it happen. Did I get that on podcast? Okay, I'm going to go do slides. we start off having everybody stand please don't worry I'm not gonna sing but um, <laughs> uh, I yesterday since yesterday I've had this song in my head um, it's by United Pursuit but it says I can feel you lifting off the weight of the world and um, just kind of repeats itself um, and then goes into you are my joy, you are my joy, you are my joy. That's, um, and so I just want to speak that over us 
as a church that God would just lift off the weight of the world. Holy Spirit, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So come and um, we can feel you lifting off the weight of the world. Pray that we would feel that, that we feel your freedom and your joy and your lightness this morning.
trying to decide if I should do the song so that nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. The words are, I can feel the, you lifting off the weight of the world. It's what Christy said. Sorry, Matt. It's okay. Uh, so that, those are the words. I can feel you lifting off the weight of the world, and you are my joy. We're just going to go with that. We'll see. I don't even know if I know it. Let's try it, though. Try it. Grace, you want to play drums? Play them hard. Matt, sorry. <laughs> you lifting up the weight of the world. I can feel you lifting up the weight of the world. I can feel you lifting up the weight of the world. I can feel you lifting up the weight of the world. You are my joy. I can feel you lifting up the weight of the world. 
Last one, a simple one. People should know this one.
Jesus, we just pray. Um, yeah. Kind of a call and response to God in celebration. We just, um, I pray that we would live like that quote earlier, um, from our heads to our, to our feet, we're filled with hallelujah, with praise to you, God. Um, that we are people of joy. And that joy brings us to, um, to submission to, to you as well, God, that we give our lives completely to you and uh, to your plans. So I just pray this week, help us to, to hold joy in our hearts and uh, draw us closer with that, God. And just pray that we live out the lives that you have for us well, with grace. Um, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you're excused, I guess. <laughs>